1: And welcome this fine Monday morning. I'm calling you from, ooh, Seattle, Washington. Isn't that amazing? my hometown. We're going to be talking today about stock options, how you pull them together, how many you should have, how you spread them around your company, what happens when investors get involved, and what happens at the end of the game. I'm here with Peter Weiss, who is the president of, uh, let's see, Peter, of American Outlook, a consultancy that provides financial advice and CEO services to startups. Peter and I met at the Zeno Society, which is an angel forum right here in Seattle, Washington, and I'm very honored to have you. Thanks for joining me, Peter. Thanks, Jillian. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what your company does, about your background. I know you are not an attorney, so we're saying right up front, this is not attorney's advice, folks. Anything we're going to talk about today, we ask you to go check with your attorney uh, back in your place.
2: Uh, I'm not only not an attorney, I'm also not a CPA, so also check any tax advice you think (laughs) you're getting from me. Uh, Uh, My background is uh, finance. Uh, I I started on Wall Street longer ago than I care to remember. Uh, Time at Harvard Business School, time doing mergers and acquisitions, leverage buyouts. And for most of the last 20, 25 years, I have been self employed, either owning small businesses, uh, working with startups, doing consulting business. And for the last 13 years, I have worked almost exclusively with early stage companies providing uh, financial advice and uh, CFO services. Okay. So at the
1: end of the show, we'll tell people how to reach you because most of the people listening are in that stage. But in the meantime, let's start with some of this tribal speak, you know, the industry specific language around the concepts of stock, options, um, investment process, dilution, all of this stuff. Tell us what your language looks like
2: there. So, a stock option is number one, it's an unusual animal. It is something which allows you to do an activity that normally would not be permitted under law, which is to give shares of your company or the right to buy shares of your company to someone who would not have, until recently, we'll come back to the Jobs Act in a moment, uh, have been allowed to purchase shares at least under the circumstances that you're doing it. So, again,
1: what we're really saying is let's frame the law in the United States here, at least. We have these regulations that say you must be a qualified investor. You can't invest the rent money. What the government was really trying to do was protect, if you will, the little people, us, (laughs) from investing things that we could not afford to do, right, and take risks that we could not afford to take. In other words, we weren't going to get, you know, scammed by somebody else. This essentially circumvented that and enabled people like employees to get options to buy stock even though they were not, if you will, qualified investors.
2: The, the rules were set up to keep people like me from taking advantage of the proverbial widows and orphans there you go. Uh, and, and were deliberately made restrictive because it is very easy for things to become abusive. Let, let's, let's go to some basics. What is a stock option? It is a right to buy a security, typically common stock, at a set price for a period of time, most commonly 10 years, but it can be different, uh, under certain conditions. And uh, Those conditions, most typically in small company stock option plans, have to do with vesting, time in service. You don't get to buy them for a year. Uh, and then over a period of time you get to buy more and more and more of them. Um, So we call that,
1: again, in in our business, and I think most people listening will probably get that, that's a four-year vesting, a one-year cliff. It means you don't get to buy anything for a year. Once you've worked for the company for a year, you get this option to buy usually 25% of whatever the total sum amount was they offered you, and then every year 25% more until you work there for four years, and now you have the ability to buy all of them.
2: Correct. There are lots of flavors, but that's the most common mm-hmm. structure and form does well enough for what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, another little bit of tech talk in this this is finance tech talk. Um, there is an important distinction between incentive stock options and non qualified stock options. Incentive stock options, ISOs, are available only to employees, not contractors, not advisors not your friends down the street who have done you a good deed. There are some big tax advantages. We're not going to dive in that deep today, but uh, worth remembering.
1: Okay, so incentive stock options, essentially, you're incentivizing somebody to work for you, either for nothing or little, right, perhaps below market rate, or even at market rate. And again, incentivizing, I say, hey, we'll sweeten the pot, you get some of this. But if I'm giving you an outside service, I'm bringing you the water delivery, sorry, you don't get to buy.
2: Well, little more technical than that. The, the incentive stock option is, is essentially the potential for better tax treatment for yes. people who fall within that. If mm-hmm. you can get that for people, generally better. Uh, interesting question. We're going to have a new tax code sometime in the next year or two. Who knows what it's going to look like. That's true. <laughs> Probably worth moving on talking about some of the issues for the company surrounding okay. stock options. So um, first off, this is not simple. You need to pay an attorney to put your plan together. There are a bunch of choices that your attorney should discuss with you about how the option plan is set up and run. Uh, If they don't, if they give it to you off the word processor, ask them why they didn't ask you anything about what you want to do.
1: Okay. Um, what are some of the questions we should be hearing our attorneys ask us? Essentially, I'm, I'm trying to give folks an idea of, you know, when to work with somebody they're doing well uh, and when to run, not walk, because you go, gee, that was a big red flag. I want to find another person to work with. What kind of questions should we be hearing from our attorneys? What should they be asking us?
2: Hey, well, first of all, they should be asking what you're trying to accomplish with your stock options. What, why are you doing this? Uh, But more as we get into the details, Uh, they should be asking, for example, what do you want to have happen if the company is sold or if there's a change of control? Uh, They should be asking what happens if someone leaves after they've vested but before they've exercised and before you have liquidity. And We'll we'll deal with these in more detail a little bit further on. Okay. Um, A couple of issues to keep in mind when you do a stock option plan for the company. One. There is a whole bunch of record-keeping involved. It's not simple. You need to have someone who's going to pay attention and keep good track. There are implications for your financial statements if you're ever going to be audited, and there are some tax implications both for you and the recipient. You should understand them. Um, Finally, you have issues managing the process. How are grants done? When do vests occur? What are vests? I, I have... Couple of little tricks that I started doing years ago because i 'm lazy, and I got into a number of arguments with people about what their stock option grants meant, so little detail. my vests are never on an anniversary date they 're on a specific date on the calendar, ideally, the last day of the calendar quarter that 's simple for me. everyone knows what it means. Also, I do not write stock option grants anymore that vest a percent of the grant if it's a 10,000 share grant 2,000 shares grant vest on a particular day not 20% on the first anniversary it keeps things cleaner makes the record-keeping simpler.
1: Okay, we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach, and when we come back, we're going to dive into all the particulars about how to manage these things, the questions we should be thinking about as we put it together, and, um, and what is required in terms of things like reporting and uh, the tax implications as we move on with stock options at CEO Coach.
0: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Visit location3media.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 16th Annual International Web Award Competition. Independent judges from around the world recognize the best websites from nearly 100 industries. Web Awards winners receive an image plaque, Certificate of Achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. You can't win if you don't enter. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Warning! Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back. We're talking stock and stock options with Peter Weiss, president of American Outlook. Welcome back, Peter. Hi. Okay, so we were deep into the weeds here. We're talking about how to divvy this stuff up, uh, how to write these option plans, and be very clear, avoiding kind of the, the simple pitfalls.
2: Let, let's uh, let's take it step up and uh, let, let's talk about things that have more to do with uh, economic realities. Um, A couple years ago, I came up with a a blinding flash of the obvious and uh, began having the companies that I work with create budgets. Not cash budgets, stock option budgets. As you put together your capitalization plan, you reserve a certain number of shares, a certain portion of ownership for your stock option plan. What I found was... People really hadn't thought about this as a company resource that needed to be meted out in an ordered, structured way. So I now have people say, okay, this is what I'm going to do for this number of people in that position, and this is how I want to structure it. This is when I think it goes out. When I did that, it changed the way that people started thinking about stock options within their management teams and on their boards, and uh, all of a sudden became a little less like handing out peppermint's. And a lot more like handing out cash bonuses, which is a good idea because if the company ends up having value, when you hand out those options, you are handing out the right to participate in that value. Um, Quick detour. Stock options were historically created back in 1969 as a way for ownership to be given to the most senior executives of the very largest publicly traded companies in the United States. Um, over the years, for lots of reasons, that's changed. And boy, stock option plans today don't look at all like they were once intended to look. Um, it's actually created a lot of complications, particularly for tech companies. Uh, personally, I'm not wild about handing out stock options to everybody working in the company. I think they should be kept for key managers and key hires. Um This has been a challenge because I am the outlier in the industry. I do not stand with everyone on this, and uh, I don't argue that hard. I do think there's an interesting development. This is a reference for a potential future show. Under the JOBS Act that was just passed, it's now much easier to give people or sell people shares, and this may displace the widespread use of stock options. I haven't spoken to an attorney about this. I don't know if I'm right. Uh, This would mean that we could move back towards stock options being reserved for the truly critical managers and the truly key hires. And that would not be a bad thing for lots of reasons.
1: Just to set the stage for jobs, and I would love to have you back just to talk about the jobs bill, because it's huge. Um, th- the briefest description for those listening, what does that mean? What, what does it say in the JOBS Act? Kind of. I know we are waiting for all kinds of you know clarifications around it,
2: but the, the short and simple. The short and simple is, this is most commonly referred to as the crowdfunding law, Uh, It is a profound change in the way that companies are allowed to raise money from small investors outside of the standard SEC uh, public offering rules. Uh, We changed 80 years of American financial history a couple months ago. The rules haven't been written. No one knows what they mean. It will be a very interesting time.
1: Absolutely, um, we're going to see. I think a, a burgeoning of crowdfunding websites. Uh, Kickstarter, for example, helps you fund you know good ideas, but that's kind of nonprofit stuff. Now we're going to be able to fund companies. Uh, you might be able to donate to companies. You might be able to actually fund them and get stock. Uh, there's just all kinds of exciting things going on. The idea, of course, was if you can't get the banks to jumpstart the companies, let's go get the people of America to jumpstart the companies. It was a, a good idea, but it may have been self in its uh, logic we will see over time
2: so another conversation um coming back to stock options so here's the here's the dirty secret that no one talks about in stock options um everyone thinks when they get a stock option grant they're on their way to getting rich reality is almost nobody gets to make money on their stock options. We all know about, most recently, the Facebook millionaires, centi a couple billionaires. We all know people, well, we don't all necessarily know people, but we've all heard about people who are in the right place at the right time at Microsoft or Google or many other companies. But the reality is the the probability of the company coming back and turning into a substantial, valuable company that becomes liquid that you can turn a stock option into cash is sort of akin to salmon spawning. They lay tens of thousands of eggs and five fish make it back at the end of the cycle. (laughs) Um, So what does that mean? It means think carefully about stock options. It means most people never see value. Why do they never see value? Well, the most obvious reason is the company never becomes valuable. But the secondary reason, The company may be valuable, but it doesn't become liquid. Owning shares of stock in a company where you can't sell them for cash has minimal value. Facebook and the games they played with their unregistered shares notwithstanding, and I'm sure everyone has heard stories about that. But there's another piece. Stock options have vesting periods. If someone doesn't stay around long enough, to be allowed to exercise their options, they don't get to own those shares. If they don't have the money when they leave, even if they're allowed to purchase their shares, they can't purchase their shares. Uh, or if they're leaving and they don't want to write a sizable check into their company, the natural human reaction is to let the options go. Therefore, most options never have any value to the recipient. So if you're being offered stock options, keep this in mind. If you're giving them, ask yourself a question. Obviously, in good faith, you think your company will have value in the future, but in the meantime, you're probably inducing someone to take a lower salary, higher risk, and give up a whole lot of benefits that they could get at other companies. What are your stock options really worth? And try to be very honest with yourself. People can't buy houses, they can't raise kids on unexercised stock options. Makes good sense.
1: So thinking about this in terms of, you know, advice to companies, let's start with advice to entrepreneurs. How shall we look at this budget, if you will, of stock options? How will that change? You said, you know, handing out a penny. Uh, How does that change? How share, say, in my company? Is that a good number to start with? Should I have started with a million Should I start with $100 so I can divvy it up in smaller pieces? Is there any number around that? Then the second thing is once I have that budget of number, right, how shall I think about this, at least for the senior management, and then we can also consider how that will look in the future? I think what you're telling me is, I should recognize that not everything that I put down on my initial page that says, you know, this guy's going to get 1%, that guy's going to get one5 this guy's going to get half percent they may never use it because they may leave sooner, they may choose not to exercise it because they can't afford to at the moment that it's possible, or perhaps, I don't know, there, there'll be another piece and then they do exercise. So what's my budget looking like?
2: So this is, this is the fun part of trying to project the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I always assume not all options will be issued and exercised. Do you throw a number
1: out there? Uh, you know, 20% will never come to fruition, uh, 10%. Is there actually a, a number in the industry out there?
2: The more successful the company and the sooner you get there, the more likely they are to be exercised. But as we say, this is a first-class headache, so you're sharing a small piece of a much bigger pie. Um, Very rough rules of thumb. Um, Typically, you see at each stage of funding, plus or minus a 15% stock option pool. Um, As you issue more shares in later rounds of funding, you tend to expand the option pool. Uh, This is a very rough rule of thumb can be 10, it can be 25, depending on your circumstances. I'm working with a company right now where we're going to go out with 30% because I need to do some balancing among founders. Uh, and so I need a bigger pool for them. But that's a very unusual situation. Another rough rule of thumb. Assume each funding round is going to take between 25 and 35% of the then total equity. So there's dilution. If you start... With a certain number of shares, you go out and you say it's time to raise a million dollars. Assume that's going to be between a quarter and a third of your company that you sell to investors, which means your options have now been diluted by that amount. So the theory is every time you sell more shares and raise more capital, the company becomes more valuable. I own a smaller piece of a bigger pie. Um, Portions of the company – Depends on a stage of the company in terms of its life. Earlier on, they get bigger chunks. Depends on how well-funded it is. And it obviously depends on the position. Um, a CEO hire gets more than a salesperson.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A CTO may be mostly vesting based on time and service. A salesperson, big chunk of their vesting may depend on booking a certain number of sales. So there's a range.
1: Okay, let's take another break here at CEO Coach. When we come back. We're going to wrap up with some kind of tips around this concept for entrepreneurs, and then uh, and perhaps for folks who also work for and with entrepreneurs. Um, and then uh, we'll find out how we can reach you. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach with Peter Weiss.
0: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO 221691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah,
1: my day is done. Time for
0: happy hour. You're already done for the day?
1: Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org.
3: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as a one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
0: Learn, optimize, connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. E-brands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. E-brands. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. WebmasterRadio.fm We're the coolest place around. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm
1: and welcome back. I'm talking to uh, Peter Weiss. Uh, Peter, thanks for being with us today. You've been talking about a number of issues concerning stock, stock options, its value, uh, the lack of value very often, and something called the budget. Now, before folks leave here, we were talking about this golden nugget uh, just before we got on this show. Why don't you share that with the audience?
2: So, in a stock option plan, the company has choices. Uh, One of the choices that they have is to determine what happens to unvested options on a change of control. And there are typically three settings, nothing, half of them accelerate and become automatically vested, or all of them become automatically vested. Obviously, the third is the best for the employees. It is dilutive to the other uh, owners. But there's another choice that the company can make. It's not that common I happen to think that if the goal of a stock option plan is to share the wealth and reward people for signing on with you and taking a risk with you when you're scary and young and unformed, mm-hmm. this is a good thing to think about, and I think that in some ways it's a very fair thing. That's called a cashless exercise provision. Essentially what this says is, if I have the right to buy 100 shares under your stock option plan, and they cost me dollar a piece... That means I need $100. But if I don't have $100 when I need to exercise, what do I do? Ordinarily, they just go away. But let's say the shares are worth $4 apiece. So my 100 shares would be worth $400. If there is a cashless exercise provision in your plan, or it can be grant by grant for key people, I can say to the company, you know what? I'm entitled to 100 shares. They're worth 400 the shares today are worth four dollars a piece. I need to give you hundred dollars. Keep twenty-five of those shares. There's your hundred dollars consideration. Give me my seventy-five. That is a very, very fair way. If your intention of using your stock option plan is truly to share the wealth, that's a great idea. And it's a great an way to
1: unbelievable go. tip. Cashless, again,
2: cashless us- exercise. Maybe
1: call it, exercise. Now,
2: These terms may vary depending on what part of the country you're in. There is real regionalism in the jargon. That's what we call it here in the Pacific Northwest. Okay,
1: folks, I suggest you listen to that about six times over. Don't forget this one. How do folks reach you, Peter?
2: Best way to reach me, uh, the easy way would be uh, look at my LinkedIn profile. I'm Peter Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, and if you tie in Seattle, I am the Peter Weiss in Seattle who does finance. Uh, Email address is a long one, pweiss78 at alumni, A-L-U-M-N-I dot Princeton, P-R-I-N-C-E-T-O-N dot E-D-U.
1: Okay, thanks so much, Peter. I appreciate you being with us. And this is wrapping up today's show at CEO Coach. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm or through iTunes. Till next week.